about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshukba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. Did you see that? He says, yes, they knew God. They did. They came to church. Their parents taught them about Christ. But still, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. He says, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. And you need to see, see what God did. The Bible says, so God had no choice. He abandoned them. Because many times we think we're getting away with things without realizing that God has just abandoned us. He says, okay, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful thing their hearts desires. We taught you. We spoke to you. We blessed you. We canceled you. But you still want to do what you want to do. And you think and the idea is that you think that we don't understand you. As God doesn't understand you, the Bible says God abandoned them and he allowed them to do the shameful things in their, as their heart desires. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's body. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Because what I'm going to preach today, many people will go out and find authentication for what they are looking for. He says they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. What? Amen. So... Two weeks ago, I spoke about devotion. What is the true meaning of devotion is worship. The word worship means reverence or devotion for a deity. I said worship worship also connotes three things. The first thing is, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, it says devotion is an act of religious worship. If you're going to make room for the king, you've got to give him your devotion. And he says, it is a love, loyalty, or enthusiasm of a person. So the first thing that God to show in your life when you're worshipping God is your love for God. If you don't love God, you can't worship God. The second definition we spoke about was worship comes from a Hebrew word that means to bow down, to prostrate. Psalm 
5 verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord our God and make a first distrust. Second is bow. Worship is how you handle yourself in the presence of the king. So worship in your life, it takes a posture that is undignified. Meaning, you cannot worship God all the time standing down. If nothing can bring you to your knees, then you're bowing down before something else. Third thing in the New Testament, it said worship means to kiss the hands in token of reverence. It is an image of absolute trust and complete trust and devotion. Meaning that if you, you can't worship God except you love God. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind. You cannot worship God if you don't know how to be undignified before God. If you're looking at someone around you and saying, mm, uh, I, I just like to just, just, just stay there, you can't worship God. You're, 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 you're out of it. Because worship surrenders, worship bows down. And thirdly, worship gives a trust unto God. It's a total trust, a total reverence of the almighty God as my savior and as my maker. I said this two weeks ago. And then I did say that there's a difference between praise and worship. Praise is an admiration and an approval. Meaning in the elements of praise, you can praise God for what he has done for you. Meaning you can also praise man for what he has done for you. You can praise your family for what he's done for you. We praise our children for what he's done for you. But the difference between praise and worship is that worship is adoration and reference. That you can't give to man is only to God. Worship it means that I reverence God. I bow before God. It's only reserved for God. What That means that what makes you so sad that makes you dow, bow in depression and not in adoration to God means that your worship has gone to your depression and your God. Because technically, worship makes room for the king. It is a lifestyle that will establish you in a ceaseless flow of signs and wonders. True strength. And longevity lies in, de- in our devotion to God. And the reason why many people walk into church and won't worship God, many people, even at home, they won't worship God, is because they unknowingly, it's not your fault, but I'm teaching you this afternoon, unknowingly we're bowing down to depression, bowing down to that lack of money, bowing down to that issue. Because whatever has the ability to knock God off means that is the idol that you've created. Today, I want to talk about three dimensions of worship. Worship has three dimensions. Maybe more than that, but I want to talk about the three dimensions of worship. And the first thing, and, and, and if you don't have these dimensions um, operating in your life, you cannot worship the Almighty God. And the first thing I want to talk about is worship is in hosting God. Hosting God. Can can I talk to you this afternoon? A a worshipper is not a musician or a singer. He's someone who understands the dynamics of hosting God. You know what I mean by hosting God? Do you know that? If you want to invite me into your house today after the first service, a, a, a wonderful lady came to me says she wants 
to host me and my wife in, in our house just down the road and she just wants to prepare us a fantastic meal. I said, praise God. Tell me when it will happen. <laughs> I just imagine I now come to your house. You say you want to host me. And then you're giving me biscuit and waitress. I'm just telling you beforehand so you don't make that mistake. Because I'm not hungry. Do I look hungry? So, so just, 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 just need to put that out there just in case. I mean, because I know you young ones, when you invite me, you want to give me biscuits. Do I look like someone who lacks biscuits? I used to live on biscuits. You, you, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. I used to, you know, how many of you do this? Don't lift up your hands or if you want to, you can. You just open a packet of biscuits and until it's finished, you don't stop. That's me. And then you now invite me for biscuits and a bottle of Coca-Cola. You can't be serious. Don't even do anything. But, 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 but many people, when you, when you host them, you more or less sometimes give them the cockery and cutlery that you don't even use. Are you following what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's the kind of value you give to the person that this person walks into my house. Remember Mary and Martha, I didn't say this in the first service. Martha was so busy about doing great things because she was hosting God. She was hosting Jesus. So the, the, the kind of value that you place on the person coming into your house depends on your preparation. Did you, did you get, I know some of you young ones don't know about hosting, but let me teach you. Do you understand? Even, even when my dad is coming to stay with us, we clear the room, clean the room. I know the kind of chair he likes. I know the kind of channel he likes. I will prepare all of them because we are hosting him. No, no, when he comes, they are now just started clearing the room. Sit down downstairs. Uh, we, we haven't finished yet. Stupid. <laughs> Lack of respect. And remember, you are going to have children too. And you know what seeds you sow in month of harvest? <sighs> but you know the reason why you will go into all that effort to value the person you're hosting is because you have them dear to your heart. So let me give this, and give this to you. Do you realize that where you place God in your heart determines where he places you on earth? The man was in, in the, 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 the man, the man was in his house. He invited Jesus to his house. And then a woman came in with a jar of oil, expensive, pouring the entire jar, her maybe six years worth of wages onto Jesus' feet and cleaning it. And everybody was up in arms. And Jesus said, since I've walked into this house, you have not given me water. You have not washed my legs. This woman is, is doing it for the, my burial and my resurrection. And Jesus now looked at him and said, because you have placed me in your heart, wherever this gospel is preached, your name will be mentioned. Many of you are looking for a name outside of God. Many of you are not having God in your heart. I need to be careful this afternoon so I can finish this. When you are truly lost in God, you will be sought after by men. You cannot worship what you dethrone. The scriptures we read made it clear 
that many of them didn't want to worship God, so they had a kind of image of how they thought God should be worshipped. He says, therefore, God left them. The Bible says God gave them over to what is called a reprobate mind. A mind devoid of God. Now listen to me. Since true worship is about God and not about us, what is it that he desires? Not a song. Not a dance. What he wants more than anything is our heart. Our love, our commitment and our faithfulness to him. So how does he want that? Let's go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Let me talk to you this afternoon. Let me sit down with you and do this. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, listen to what he says. He says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies. To give your what? To give your what? Shout it loud. To give your what? I plead to give your bodies what? To who? Because of what? All he has done. He says, I, I, I am asking you to give your bodies. Now, if you are ever going to worship God, the first thing we are commanded to present to God is our what? Our bodies. God also wants our outer man, man, uh, outer man which the inner man dwells. God cannot walk through us except he walks through our bodies. <clears throat> Your mouth is your body, needs to be presented to God. Your eyes is your body, needs to be presented to God. Your ears, what you hear, is your body, needs to be presented to God. What you say, you can't curse someone on Saturday and worship God on Sunday. I mean, many people are Christians and the F word flows through their mouth like water. And yet on Sunday, they will walk into church and they will mask themselves with a makeup. Makeup will not mask mess. The Bible says, why? Who said you're naked? You know what? They put fig leaves on themselves. Meaning we can walk into church on a Sunday and put on fig leaves, but on Monday we are the devil. God says, I want you to present your bodies. Your what? Your bodies. Mm. Now, this is where many of you may stay in church. And this is where many of you, I pray, will stay in church. My wife has rebuked me not to say some certain things. This is where I pray. Because when Jesus said some certain things, some people stopped living with him. Stop moving with him. This is where we will see. God says, he wants you to present your what? Your bodies. Your body. Your, say my body. Is the temple. See how that prayer went down. Say my body. Is the temple. Of the living God. Meaning that this body. This physical body that you're holding. Must be presented to God. As a form of worship. You use your body. To sleep with. Anything, because the Bible said it. He, he, he even went on. I didn't read it today. So people don't find it. He, if you follow on, he says, women sleeping with women and men sleeping with men. He gave them over to a reprobate mind. 
And they started to use the body that God created to glorify him to do what they wanted to do. I know this is a very young, dynamic church, but I have to tell us the truth. The truth really means you cannot use your body in a haphazard way that does not glorify God. Even you can't be eating every single thing that comes through your mouth and then your body collapses on you and then you start praying. It is a lack of worship to God. Likewise, you cannot be sleeping and committing fornication because you're not married and then say, I'm worshipping God. God wants your body, not that boy. That boy that says, I love your body. God says, no, 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 no. I am a jealous God. Beside me, there is no other boy. Men also, that you think that you are a stud by how many people you have slept with. You are defiling your body and your temple. And as you're doing that, you are laying demonic influences on your life and you really don't understand why things are going wrong because you defied God and defiled your body and you are not presenting your body as a living sacrifice unto God. Someone say, my body. <laughs> Likewise, you are size 12. You cannot go and buy a top of size 6. Put it on. You're looking yourself in the mirror. Everything is showing. I'm busting out to breathe. And you walk into church. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I doing this? Come on, come on. You, it's summer. I know. You now walk down the street. Every single thing that God wants to preserve for his own glory is shown all over the place. You wear cold pants. <laughs> hot pants. Your... <laughs> I'm going to say this. And when you read the scriptures, the Bible says they will look for people. People will look for people uh, so messages because they have itchiness. You wear cold, hot pants. And every, you're not on the beach. If you're on the beach, it's a different, that's a different argument. Uh, but you're walking down the street and your bottom, inside, your cellulite, everything else is showing as you're, wa- as you're walking down and even you have the F on and audacity to walk into church like that. Have you got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Because when God sees your body, he loves your body. And I've got to say this. Stop the stupidity of saying that we do not understand this generation. It is not about generation. The Bible says God is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. It is not about generation. It's about Jesus. It's all about Him. Nothing to do with your age. Nothing. You cannot... Use your body as a weapon of distraction, destruction, and demolition. 
to somebody else. You cannot. Thank you. Thank you, son or daughter. Thank you. Because all of them are quiet. There's nobody who is supporting me. Shout! And let them support us. Uh, you see, this is what the scripture says. That if you will not praise me, children, right? Thank you. Thank you. So, you've just given me the impetus to continue. So, let me continue in that way. Because God is affecting your body. I know they talk about men. They wear their trousers down there. Many of them are not wearing anymore. It's the women. You're coming in. You're wearing your trousers. Your G-string is showing as you bend down. Ask yourself, is my body being presented to God? I talked about the band. I spoke to the band one time. I said to them, if you, I am following all of you on Instagram. <laughs> is, it, is it not true? And they think I've forgotten. I just haven't had time yet. And if I follow, if you see my name, Thai Femme. <laughs> Thai and Femme. And you reject it, you will not think of this one. So I've given them three months to clean up. You wear something so tight and then you put caps on. Banging body. The devil is banging your body and you have no idea. Everything is still going to uh, 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 obey the law of gravity. Watch it. The only thing that will stand is what you have given unto God. I'm not old school. Do I look like old school? But I'm telling you the truth that God requires your body. He requires your body. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, I'm a very liberal man. I'm a pastor. I, I understand the complexities of the world. But I'm also saying to us that we have to check what we're doing. Does this glorify God? Does this worship God? I'm not even talking about women only. I spoke to them in the band. You have a choice whether you want to give yourself to God up here or you want to give yourself. To yourself, self-worship. If you refuse me following you and clearing up, you've given yourself to self-worship. You can pick a bag and go to another church who can accept that, but the truth of the matter is you've got to check what is my motive. Because we don't want men to be sitting down here and while we're lifting up holy hands, there's different images coming through us. It is demolished, it will demolish them, it will derail them, and it is a distraction. This is what God requires of us, our bodies. I know this is not a thing that's put so much in church. That's why it's quiet. Where's my young girl? Shout again. Uh, 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 I know many of you don't want this kind of message and you will find someone else who will preach a better one. But let me tell you the truth. Where you place God in your heart is where he will place you on earth. Men also can come and just put, because they fortunately have gone on a hunger strike and have a six-pack once in their life. And suddenly, you're showing everyone. You walk into church and every muscle and everything is shown. Get a grip of yourself. Check where 
is this coming from? And the only reason why some of you are doing is for distraction, which you think is attraction. Even in the house of the Almighty God, we still cannot give God that honor. When you wake up in the morning, you're dressing up. Do you dress up for man or do you dress up for God? Everywhere in your life must be a worship. My wife and I, we went away for a few days. Just a few days. And we met a couple. I don't know. I'm just me. Talking to the couple, talking to the couples, just blessing them, just, just being me. Do you know, at the end of five days, I got home. An alert came up. I looked into my account and they had wired money into my account. I'm like, how did they get my account number? We just met. They asked somebody who knew us and just said, you have no idea how these last five days, we just met them for the first time, has changed their life. They will leave us, go and start talking about what we said, start taking notes, start adjusting things, and the following day they're seeing us again, they're sitting at our table and they're asking questions. You know why? Because even though I wanted to go and rest, but my body is not my own. He went further on, he says, our bodies must not only be presented, but our bodies must be separated. Holy and acceptable unto God. The greatest form of worship is when we separate our lives unto God. The greatest form of worship is when your lifestyle sends an aroma of a sweet smell unto God. When we worship God, we tend to value what God values and greatly takes on the characteristics and the qualities of God. Our bodies, our lives must host God. And that is our worship. Number two, worship is not only in the hosting God, but it's also in surrendering to God. I've got to be quick here. Worship is, is the surrendering of life. Worship is not only in a song, on a lip, a clap in a church. It does not consist of elaborate prayers and impressive worship or an act of piety because of people that are around. No, worship gets to the heart of who we really are. To truly worship God, we must let go of self-worship. We must be willing to humble ourselves before God and surrender every part of our lives to God's control. True worship is born by laying aside. Laying on the altar something you hoped to keep for yourself. This is true worship. And this is where many of us, we miss it. I'm going to talk to the men for a while. Men, you are running after the wrong things. I'm not talking about men in biblical times. I'm talking to the boys. Men. Men. We are running after the wrong things. We will never serve in the house of God, but we're chasing after things that will affirm us outside. How many men do we have around that is serving? How many? Because the complexities and the necessities of the world is choking out our worship unto God. 
And any sorry, any patriarch you find in the Bible, any successful man you find in the Bible, is a man that had laid aside his life unto God. That is why Abraham became successful, because what he owned was given back to God in Isaac. We keep chasing after God and giving him the, re- the remnants. True worship is laying aside our garments. Laying aside our grudges, laying aside our unforgiveness. I won't serve because they were not nice to me. You know what? God ordained them. Did, what did I say? God what? I didn't hear you. God what? Not to be nice to you. It was ordained. It was created. Because unless you go through fire, you will not know your value. Unless you are tested, you will not have a testimony. And unless there is a wilderness, there will not be a promised land. Sometimes God brings people into our lives to make us grow up, not to make us run away. And we're no more serving God because it doesn't suit our time frame. Because somebody did something to you. Many people have left church or are not in church because somebody did something to them. Now listen to me. Let's get this clear. So if, if somebody can stop you from coming to church and worshipping God, it means you're bowing before that person. And when the judgment comes, which it comes at any time, you know we can die at any time, God will now ask you, say, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. Uh, when I was in prison, you didn't come to visit me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me. Yeah, God, why, why, why did I do that? Because you sat at home. Send this to your friends. I can't get to that church because of this, because of that, because of that. God says, you've got to lay aside your garments. Lay down worship. Listen to me. Let me give you another dimension of this. Lay down worship does not understand all of life. Laid down worship. I mean, laid down. When you lay down your life to God. Worship, it means I don't understand what God is doing at this particular moment. I don't understand the complexities of life. I don't, money may not be in the bank. Peace may not be in the home. I'm being blessed or not. Lost my job. Marriage falling apart. Family has turned against me. But I will still stand and lift my hands. Raise my hands. Because no matter what you have or I have not done, you are God and there is none beside you. That is what is called lay down worship. Worship looks beyond the crisis of the hour and see a God who is worthy of praise regardless of how life is going. That's why it's different from praise. Worship makes a man wake up in the morning and says, God, where do you want me to serve? Because you will never lead your home into God's presence if you are not first led by God. Can I talk to the men? You cannot marry a woman who is serving God in church when you are not serving God. Sooner or later, what made you marry and receive the favor of God through that woman will be truncated because sooner or later, you will make her sit down. I remember, not in this church, because if it was in this church, both of them would be fired. One pastor was telling me that somebody who was their band leader Suddenly the husband says, I want her to start sitting beside me in church because we need to be together. 
I said, so what did you do? He said, I don't know. She says, fire them. She, she, she leads the band. She said, God leads the church. Fire them. Are you serious? Sit down with your wife at home. It's only two hours in church. Is there something? Is this, are we crazy? Is there something? Don't let me come down, Seth. Is there something wrong with you? Ah, in church. You know, may God not take away, or may the devil not touch what you think is your pride. You think you're so good to sit down and hold their hands. May God not separate that. May sickness not separate that. May disease not separate that. In church, two hours. Fire them. Because even the Bible says God abandons them. How much more man? Step into God and abandon them. If you can't lead praise, if not praise, preach from the beginning of the service to the end and close the service. God will bring those who will humble themselves and lay down their life, not based on what is happening at home, but based on the God that is in their life. I wish somebody would get this today. Because Jericho did not fall before Joshua. Joshua fell before God. And then Jericho fell before Joshua. Victory does not come before worship. It comes after worship. Worship is hosting God. What am I doing with my body? Worship is surrendering to God. You will hear this message. It will touch you for a while. It's not a guilt process. And then after two weeks, you abandon it again. Oh, the church needs to do something. This needs to, when you talk about the church needs to do something, technically you're talking God needs to make the church be in a position that is suitable for you. Nobody serves God out of non-sacrifice. And number three, worship is in giving to God. <laughs> worship is in what? So let's start from the beginning. Worship is, the first one is worship is in what? Hosting. Worship is in number two. And worship is in number three. I didn't hear you. Come on, you got to shout it. Worship is in what? First? Hosting. When I talked about hosting, what did I mean? Your body. If you can't remember anything, size 12 and size 4. You remember that one. Worship is in giving. Let me say this to you. The act of giving is the act of worship. And that tells me where your heart is. Worship cannot be fulfilled except it is accompanied by giving. Listen to me carefully. When the three wise men met Jesus, they worshipped the baby, Jesus, not the man. They were older, wiser physically. They saw the baby they went on their knees, bowed down, and gave him frankincense, gold, and myrrh. All those three were significant for his future. Because when he left the place, the Bible says he had to run into Egypt. It was what, biblically speaking, theologically speaking, it could be an argument, but it is what they gave them 
that was the source of provision and supply in Egypt. Because he couldn't walk. And he was an Israeli which cannot do some certain work in Egypt. It is what they gave him for his future, man for his burial, gold for his provision, frankincense so he could smell and have favor. It is in the giving. God expects us to worship him by what we give to him. Listen to me. Deuteronomy chapter 12, 4 to 6. Two minutes. I've got two minutes. It says two minutes. We started 10 past 12. Ah, he says, two minutes to finish the sermon. That's what I mean, not the service. Ah, he says, you, can we read together? Like a choir. Ready, steady. And if you don't read properly, I'll get you to stand. Uh, ready, steady, go. Wow, you really don't want to stand, is it? Let's go on, yeah? Stop. So the, oh, go back, go back, go back, go back, Ali. He says, you must not worship the Lord your God in their way. <laughs> that means there is a way and there is a place. Verse 5, verse 6. Go on, continue. Ready? Go. He says, 5, 5, 5. The next one. 6. It doesn't matter. He says, ready, steady, go. He says, there... He gave them a commandment. He says, this is how I want you, want them to worship me. Meaning that there's some things God will accept and there's some things God would reject. Pastor, how do you know? Let's go back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. He said this very clearly. He said this. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I please you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living, living, not a dead thing. Don't bring dead things to God. Living and holy sacrifice. The kind key will find what? What? And then he says, this is what? Truly the way to worship him. Now listen as we close. When we read the book of Malachi, many people think the only verse in Malachi is 3.8. No. In Malachi 1.8, he says, When you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? When you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly? What he was saying is that those people were willing to give a second-rate offering to the Lord that they would not think of presenting as a gift or a tax payment to a government official. Meaning that they feared God, feared men more than God. God sometimes rejects our worship. You will never accept any gift from everyone. Some gifts are an insult to your value, hence you will reject it. And you do understand what I'm saying? When we got married, somebody gave us, my wife smiled, she, she, she knew, this didn't happen in the first service, but she knew this guy would not forget it. Someone gave us a gift, um, Cutler, some, someone from my wife's side uh, <laughs> gave us a gift. 
she packed it. And actually, she packed it in newspaper. Isn't it? Uh, oh, the biggest gift we got. It was the massive biggest gift we got. And so, during our wedding. And when you get a big gift like that, you're excited. You understand? So, we left it until we came back for the morning. You know, sometimes we want to just leave that gift. We came back. We opened the box. And we kept opening each newspaper inside the box. And there were these cups and saucers and utensils and plates. Ninety <laughs> percent of them were chipped by the site. Used. I looked at my wife and I said, give it to your family. <laughs> you know, it is bad for you to look for just anything to give to someone. Even wives reject gifts from husbands. Think about it. And this, some husbands are about to stone me right now. You wake up on the morning of your wife's birthday and you just say, Hi, honey, how are you? What are we eating for breakfast? And you went like that stupidly throughout the entire day. And then you find out that her demeanor has changed. What's wrong? What's wrong? And then she, and you know, women will never tell you what's wrong. And so you don't know. So you don't know. You say, now, now, instead of you going through something, why don't you just even shout at him and tell him? But you keep that going until night. And then at the, in, in the middle, in, at night, he now touches you. He says, take it in me alone. <laughs> the guy is saying, in Jesus' name, tell me. Well, if you don't know, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what you don't know. I know he deserves it, but maybe if you had told him earlier, he would have begged you and quickly. But to be honest, it is the value that you place on the person will make you remember that person. I'm not waking up on my wife's bed there and start scratching my head. Is it her bed? Is it her? No, 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 no. If I do that, it is the value. And then three months down the line, she genuinely and honestly, by God's grace, forgets yours too. And then you, you as the guy, throw a tantrum. For her to even forget your meal is a problem. And you can forget her. And then you have your audacity to say, eh, is it not just a birthday? Uh, I am not really bothered. Stupid, if you are not bothered, that's you. That's you and your family. That's how you grew up. But when you married her, she wants flowers and chocolates and a fantastic gift. Because she can reject your gift. Just imagine on her birthday, you bought her a toaster. Wouldn't it be nice for her to put you inside the toaster? <laughs> or you gave her an iron. For what? And women, before you laugh, you now bought him a lawnmower. I mean, I will reject the gift. How much more are God in heaven? Let me close by showing us this. And then we should pray. There's some gifts that are insult to God. When God rejects our offering, He rejects our worship. He rejects the way you dress. He rejects the way you look. He rejects what you bring to Him. In the story of Cain and Abel, there was a rejection of offering. 
Many theologians and some people have an argument that God rejected Cain's offering because it was not a lamb or a goat. That's wrong. Because God says being the first fruit of your increase, it doesn't matter. But God didn't reject Cain's offering. It was not what Cain bought. It was how he bought it. When Abel wanted to bring an offering to God, he looked to his entire sheep and his thought. It was a thought process. I'm thinking of what am I going to get for my wife? What am I going to buy for her anniversary? What am I going to buy for her birthday? I'm thinking already ahead. And then I take the best of what I have and I give it to her. That's the value. It's the same thing. Abel looked into his whole head and says, what can I give to God? That one looks juicy, looks big, looks nice. It's the best. Took the best, offered it as a sacrifice. Cain said, God, what can I give to uh, This will do. This is the best. This will do. This is the best. This will do. It's kind of someone who came to ask me, should I give my tithes? And you know my meaning of tithes. It's not by law. You don't have to. Nothing's going to happen. But it is How? The tithe is how? So, many people will come to me, should I give out of the coast or should I give out of the net? And I ask them, I don't know. As for me, I will not give God something after I've paid everybody else. That's me. That, that's me honoring God. That's me saying, God, you are more than the money. You made me do this. The government doesn't trust you. That's why he took his tax out before he came into your account. And yet, we're negotiating with God. Sometimes we give an offering to just mark the checklist of our spirituality. God is not looking for you to mark the check. God is looking for your best. Have you ever sat down and said, God, let me give you the best. I read a story as I close about a man who was raising a fund in church. The woman now came after the service, gave him a check of 500. And the woman asked the pastor, is that good enough? The, he said, the pastor said to her, if that's your best, thank you. She took the check from him. And then she went back. She just took the check in annoyance and went back home. Came back the following week and wrote him a check of $5,000. The man said, is, would, this be, would this be good enough? He said, if that is your best, thank you. God bless you. She took the check of 5000 away from him and then walked back home. The following week, third week, she came back and she wrote a check of $50,000. And asked him, is this your best? And asked, is this enough? The pastor said to him, if that's your best. She said, my best was 50,000. My rational conclusion was 500. This is my best. Can I ask you a question? Are you giving your best to God? Not even financially alone, but your life. Are you going after work? Do all the kind of work all around the place? And then say on Sunday, mm, I need to rest because I have work on Monday. So you come to church and you serve God when your body says you can serve him. You're giving God the remnants of your life and not the best of your life. Is it not time for us to say worship is hosting, worship is surrendering, and worship is giving our best. Bow your heads, let's pray. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at 
www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ Archway, London Thank you for listening.